swinging a drive deep to left center field. Going, going, goodbye baseball. This is extra innings. Fastball swing and a miss, strike three. That's going to retire the side. Seattle sports goes inside the Mariners with more stories, insights, and analysis than you'll find anywhere. Drilled up the middle. Oh, what a catch by J.P. Crawford. Step in the batter's box in the top of the tent right now. 40 games. That is all that remains on the Mariners' regular season schedule. Basically, a quarter of the season is left before the playoffs get here. The Mariners have played 122. They are 66-56, and 56, the same exact record they were a year ago through their first 122 games. And, and with the short amount of time remaining in the regular season, it does ramp up the importance of each and every game. And in fact, when you look at what the Mariners did over the course of this previous road trip, the last nine games, they finished five and four, which in a road trip, you want to have a winning record like that is a, a good thing. But does it feel like the Mariners left a couple of wins out there? It certainly does in the Oakland series for sure. And maybe in the Texas series too, but to me, it is tough to look at this road trip and feel amazing about what they accomplished on it. I'm Curtis Rogers here, Extra Innings, with you on Seattle Sports Station and the Mariners Radio Network. And I, I just feel like this time of year, you cannot stand to have games that you are responsible for losing, which is something that we have not seen the Mariners have happened to them in quite some time. But on Saturday night and on Sunday, those were winnable games that they just could not get the timely hit or they could not uh, you know, sh- stop themselves from shooting themselves in the foot. It-, it was very uncharacteristic of these Mariner teams that we've seen over the last couple of months, really since the beginning or, or middle part of June. So then, should we just simply be happy that the Mariners are in this position once again as they were a year ago? And Unfortunately, last year they weren't able to get over that hump. They did finish with 90 wins, the most wins they've had in a season since 2003. But here we are in 2022, and and they made a huge addition to the trade deadline. They made a couple more additions in, in trade and in free agency, signifying that they were more than ready to go for it, or at least to get over that playoff hump, because the playoffs mark progress to me. That marks progress along this rebuild, and there's a certain section of people that are like, oh, why would you ever want to be a wild card team? Like, there's so much chance of randomness in that round. You're not assuring yourself of a of a playoff spot or advancing it of a playoff spot. But I tell you this: the Mariners haven't been to the playoffs since 2001. They haven't even sniffed the wild card round since then. And to be able to get to that wild card round. That is progress. That is something that this fan base can hang their hat on heading into this next offseason. Do I think this year will end in a World Series? Remains to be seen, but you have a much better shot at winning that by getting to the wild card round than by saying, you know what, that's beneath us. We're we're only going for division titles rather than wild card rounds. Like, no, come on now. Anything that means playoff baseball here is something that the Mariners should be striving towards, whether that's the wild card round or the divisional round. And You've got to be able to take advantage of those gimme wins or at least those series where you're heavily favored because as we look ahead for over the next three weeks or so for the Mariners, it does not get easier. You've got this national series, a two-game series at home. The Nationals are terrible, worst team in baseball. But after that, you've got two series against Cleveland. You've got the White Sox, you've got the Braves, and you've got the Padres. 
There's a three-game series against the Tigers mixed in in there, but 14 of your next 17 following this Cleveland series are against really, really good teams and teams that are well within the hunt in the American League and National League, divisional races and wildcard races, what have you. So you've got to be able to stack wins when given that opportunity. And the Mariners had plenty of opportunity over the last week and a half, and they finished with a 5-4 and four record, which, again, I, I'm not disappointed at the overall record, but it's just you've got to be able to win those series. Look, we've talked so much about how easy this Mariners schedule down the stretch is, but it's only easy in theory. It's only easy on paper. Having to play it is going to be an entirely different beast. And, you know, teams tense up in these moments. Teams get get tight in these moments. It's important to be able to stay loose and just, you know, be mindful of the goal to end this playoff drought, to get to the playoffs. Now, how are they going to be able to do it? Well, right now, looking at Ty France, his bat has not been anywhere close to what it was pre-All-Star break, really pre-wrist injury that he suffered in Oakland back in June. What do you do with him? I think they need to have a very real conversation with him saying, hey, is your wrist still bothering you? Because it's clear to me that something is up. Because how does his production go from what it was pre-All-Star break where he's hitting like 320, 330, to now where he's struggling to stay above 280, and it has just been a complete free fall since re-aggravating it about a month or so ago. That's a, an area where you've got to be able to look at and say, is this helping or hurting us right now? And you've got depth at first base. I mean, Carlos Santana isn't exactly amazing right now, but he's he, he's a warm body. Maybe Evan White is, is, is the call you make to AAA. He's been tearing it up down there in, in Tacoma over the last couple of weeks which would be kind of odd. I mean, I don't know if you can bank on Evan White's production at the major league level right now. I don't know if you can bank on it any more than you can like Jared Kelnick's production at the major league level right now, but there are options available, and that's a good thing because it means the Mariners have organizational depth. There's an issue with with Ty France's bat right now. you got to get it going because he has relied so heavily upon. And I do wonder, though, you you look at the expectations of this team and – it's fair to have expectations that are higher than they've ever been because, look, this team has signaled that this year is going to be something different. This this year is going to be the start of something special. I mean, think back to opening day, or at least opening night here at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Before the very first pitch of the game, before the very first game, they played a video montage of... Mitch Hanniger's Player Tribune article, or the Players Tribune article, I should say, and it ended with the saying, this team is making the bleeping playoffs. Now, they didn't say the word that Mitch Hanniger wrote in the article over the stadium PA, but they did have a, a censored sound effect. If you start a season off by saying that, you had better deliver. You had better deliver because there is just no way you can sit there and and be okay with this team potentially missing the playoffs if they're the ones that are saying this team is making the bleeping playoffs. And you look at how tight this wild card race is. The Mariners entered the weekend, what, a game and a half up on the second wild card spot in the American League. They're now tied for first with two other teams. Like they are 
potentially as close to first as they are to third. Like that's how tight this wild card race is, and you absolutely, absolutely want to have home playoff games. And the only way you can assure yourself of that in the wild card round is by getting that first wild card spot. That to me has got to be of utmost importance for this Mariners team. And it, you know, I look at this team right now, and I think they had opportunities to really give themselves some ground, to give themselves some insurance, and that will not be the case in, over the next, what, 14 of the next 17 following this Washington series. You're going to have a really tough schedule. It's going to ramp up in its level of difficulty really quick here. You've got to be able to take advantage of the moment. Take advantage of what is being handed to you rather than having to go and and, and try and find wins where they're not going to be easy to come by. I mean, look, Cleveland is a good team. They may not have been expected to be good this year, but they're a good team. The White Sox have underperformed, but they have lots of talent. The Braves are the defending World Series champion. We know all about the Padres. They just acquired Juan Soto, for goodness sake. All those rosters have tons of talent and, and are still within the thick of the race. The White Sox maybe not so much in the wild card, but definitely in the American League Central with Minnesota and with Cleveland. They're they're nipping at their heels, too. Maybe you can find a way for, for Tony La Russa to, to walk a couple of Mariners with two outs and two strikes like he's been doing lately. He did it again for the third time this season. Uh, maybe you can use that to your advantage. But something you definitely can use to your advantage is beating up on teams that you're supposed to beat. And the Mariners didn't do that this weekend against the A's. They didn't do that this week or last weekend against the Rangers. They did do that against the Angels. But I feel like the Angels have completely checked out on this season. Yeah, Trout is back for for the time being, but they know they're not going to the playoffs. They know they've got nothing left to play for. So maybe they just kind of rolled over for the Mariners and gave them them three victories. But look, the Mariners were the better team in that series for sure. I just think the letdown of Saturday and the letdown of Sunday is so fresh on the mind that it's hard to look past that and, and be you know hopeful about the upcoming stretch of games when they couldn't take care of business against the A's and the Rangers. I'm hoping that they can. I know that they can because they've been able to compete against good teams this year. We just saw them take four of six from the Yankees a couple weeks ago. So there there is opportunity for the Mariners Problem is, you just can't squander the easy ones that are being handed to you. We've got a lot coming your way here tonight on Extra Innings. Brandon Gustafson, as he always does, will join me next. We've also got Mike Curdo, voice of the Tacoma Rainiers. He'll stop by to start off the 8 o'clock hour checking in on Tacoma. A roster chock full of guys that Mariners fans are very familiar with. Lots and lots to get to. We'll also hear from Jason Churchill. We'll hear from Shana Dreyer. Lots of conversation. Lots of great baseball talk coming your way over the next two hours. This is Extra Innings on Seattle Sports Station and the Mariners Radio Network. You are listening to Extra Innings inside the Mariners on the home of the Mariners, Seattle Sports Station. Joining me now on Extra Innings, he is a top secret guest. Never before heard on this show, at least. Well, in the last couple weeks, because we haven't had a show in a while, it's Brandon Gusterson of SeattleSports.com. It's my new bit, Brandon. I'm going to just pretend like you've never been on this show before, even though I, I don't think you've won. missed an episode. You're like the Cal Ripken of extra innings. Hey, some, somebody's got to be the Iron Man here, and uh, if, if i got to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, I appreciate it, as always. But, Brandon, rough weekend in Oakland for this Mariners ball club. Really, uh, just a weird road trip in that they finished with a winning record at 5-4, and four, 
but they lose two of the three series. It's like, how does that math work out? But that's that's the fact of the matter. With the up-and-down road trip, I, I mean, what do you make of this team coming home after what we saw from them over the last nine games? I think that the the hope with it, it would be that it's kind of a wake-up call. Like, I think that something you and I have talked about and, and everybody on our stations talked about, oh, they have the easiest schedule in baseball over the last month and a half, two months. Well, you still got to go out and play your, your brand of baseball, and I think that at times they kind of got away from that. I think Saturday's loss in Oakland in particular, they, they didn't play very great defense in that three-run inning, and they ran into and out in extras and just, just small stuff like that that they just haven't really done this season. Uh, just really kind of came back to bite them, so you hope that they kind of rebound from that, use today's off day to, to kind of get right and come out. And, uh, you know, you got you got two games here against a poor Washington team, and then you got four at home against Cleveland, who's been one of the hottest teams in baseball over the last few weeks. So you've really got to, you know, hope that this is just kind of the wake-up call that maybe this team needs to really just go on a tear here these last few weeks of the, of the regular season. Yeah, we've got a quarter of the season left, 40 games remaining. The Mariners have 66 wins right now. When you look at what remains ahead for the Mariners, what win total do you think is it going to take for them to clinch themselves a wild card spot? Is it north of 90? Is it 90? Is it south of 90? I've kind of thought for most of the year that it was going to be 88 just because there is that addition of the third wild card. And as we saw last year, 90 didn't quite cut it, but it, it, it might have been able to, to kind of work out had there been that extra spot. Uh, so I, I think that just because all, all of these teams that are kind of jockeying for those wild card spots, there there's just a there's just enough problems with all of them that I don't think that we're going to see you know three American League wild card teams that are all 90, 91, 92 wins. I think that you're going to see some teams with 87, 88 be able to get in here just as some of these uh, some things just kind of fall into place. I mean, Baltimore's been uh, been a pretty big surprise. They've kind of been punched above their weight, at least it seems. So potentially them falling back to earth. Tampa Bay's been really beat up. Toronto's been real hot, real cold. So uh, I think ultimately Seattle, if they can get to 88, that's probably a pretty good spot. And to get there, they need to play about 500 ball the rest of the way. But uh, you know, as we just talked about, hopefully they're playing better ball than that because that would obviously help secure probably a top wild card spot and just put them in a really good place heading into that first postseason series. Brandon Gustin of SeattleSports.com joining us here on Extra Innings. Brandon, what's up with Ty France? Because he's told people in the media, specifically Ryan Divish, like there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. Like the wrist is fine. I'm, I'm nothing to worry about on that front, but. You look at his numbers, those are not indicative of, of the Ty France that we have all come to know over the last few years. What do you think is holding him back right now? It's hard to say whether a guy's hurt or not, right? Like, you definitely could, could see it potentially, just he's not hitting the ball as hard. Uh, I think that just the big thing with him is he's chasing. He's out of the strike zone. He's swinging and missing more. He's been somebody that's had a really, really good feel for the strike zone. He historically has not struck out a lot. When he swings, he makes contact. He makes good swing decisions. So I don't know if it's just kind of the – I don't know if it's an injury that's kind of forcing him to kind of get out of his approach. It it could be something where because he kind of was playing through the injury for a little bit and the numbers have slid down, maybe he's starting to press a little bit. Um, but just seeing Ty France really kind of regularly swing at those breaking balls out off the plate that he just really doesn't have a shot at uh, is definitely a little alarming because 
this is a team that even with getting Mitch Haniger back, and he's been great since he's come back, it's a, it's a team that still, uh, for these last few weeks, and really just for a lot of the season, has struggled to put together uh, regular productive offensive outings. So you need Ty France, especially if he's going to be hitting in that two spot for you. But I think that right now you're just kind of looking at a guy who's in a slump and is unfortunately doing the thing that you shouldn't be doing in a slump, which is try to do more. <laughs> so yeah, I think if we can, I think if we can see Ty France kind of just stick to the approach that we've seen, maybe get a game or two where we just see him kind of hit a few line drives the other way for some base hits that that'll start to add up and that'll put him in a pretty good place going forward. Now, Brandon, I was told that Luis Castillo was a mix of Cy Young, Felix Fernandez, Pedro Martinez, and and name any other good pitcher over the course of baseball history. (laughs) Now, on Sunday, we didn't see that version of Luis Castillo, uh, but what did you – I mean, just looking at the numbers from that outing, I mean, what do you make of him having a start like that? Because to me, it kind of shows that, like, if the Mariners are going to – make a run here and separate themselves from the rest of the wild card pack. I mean, those kinds of starts from Castillo are, are going to have to be few and far between. For sure. And I, and I think with, with Castillo, it definitely gets magnified because obviously the the big trade deadline addition, he's one of the biggest names to get moved at the deadline. Uh, he slots in as the Mariners de facto number one, just because of kind of the way Robbie Ray's season has gone. And also, unfortunately, the, the start came at a time where we've seen Marco Gonzalez kind of have some struggles. Logan Gilbert had his struggles in the second half of this year. Uh, and, and then you see Chris Flexen move to the bullpen in order to, to keep some other guys in there. So there's just kind of a little bit of that more added pressure on Castillo there. I mean, some of those starts are going to happen. You're, you're not always going to be particularly sharp. I think the, the upsetting thing from a Mariners perspective is it comes the day after a loss. It comes in a series finale against one of the worst teams in baseball. So it just comes at a, at a pretty bad time. Like you said, you're sitting here thinking like, okay, well, it's a five and four road trip. You're over 500. But at the same time, you faced three really bad teams in your division. You probably should have come out of that with six or seven wins. So just one of those things, those hiccup starts are going to happen, unfortunately, just because we only have two months of Luis Castillo, at least for this year, for the regular season. Any kind of start like that's going to be magnified, especially when it comes against a team like Oakland. Another starting pitcher the Mariners had this weekend was Logan Gilbert, and and I thought that Gilbert through the games about first four innings looked like classic Logan Gilbert. He was getting strikeouts. He wasn't walking guys. In fact, I think he finished that game with no walks, and he looked like his old self, but then he takes that comebacker right off his back. Uh, They pull him after only 66 pitches. Things get away from him in that fifth inning. He allows the three runs. The Mariners fall down 3-2. What did you see from Logan Gilbert on that Saturday night against the A's? That uh, What do you put more into his start where he got through four innings pretty much unscathed or that fifth inning where he wasn't able to recover well that that fifth inning was also the inning if, I, if i'm remembering right where where adam frazier had the error jay yeah, Lamb had yeah. the the play that he misplayed in right field so so things got away from him in, in a few senses and some of it wasn't his fault and obviously getting hit with uh with 101 right in the bottom of your back <laughs> probably can't feel real good especially for a big guy like logan gilbert big long torso um, so I think it was really good to see him kind of go out and just be in attack mode like we saw in those first few innings and uh, that, that last inning where it kind of got away from him and the Mariners. Honestly, I wouldn't put too much stock into it until we see where his next start's at because, like I said, a few things got away from him that were totally out of his control. 
Uh, he looked really good up to that point, and if if he's able to to take the ball for his next start, which sounds like uh, it's all systems go there, then uh, you know you just got to be hoping that he's healthy and ready to go. And, and if you're seeing some of those continued struggles, it could either be, hey, well, you know, he's he's been kind of rocky this second half, or it could be that there is something physical that did happen when he got hit with that line drive, but. As far as just looking at the start itself, I, I think that there is a lot more good than bad because, like I said, that, that inning that, that got away from him, I mean, it, in a normal Mariners game, those are plays that are made, and we're talking about a different outcome for that game. We, we definitely would be. Brandon Gustin of SeattleSports.com right here on Extra Innings. And Brandon, I want to know from you, what is your ideal, I guess, defensive alignment for the Mariners? Which, I mean, we don't have to go through everybody. There are some obvious ones out there, but specifically out in left field, because Jesse Winker had a, another rough go of it the other day. You've got options right now with guys off of your bench. You know, Sam Haggerty kind of comes to mind for a lot of people, but also he's had his own issues staying healthy and, and being in the lineup day in and day out. Uh, do you think it's time that the Mariners give Haggerty more run out in left field than Winker, maybe use Winker at the DH spot? Yeah, and I think that part of that, too, is that Carlos Santana's had a little bit of his struggles, too. He's, I think it's one of those things where because the moments that he's come up for this team have been so big that the overall numbers kind of get lost in the shuffle for some. Um, so I, I think, yeah, it would be good for, for Jesse to, to get that DH spot. I know he's had a few days there in the last week or so, and uh, he had a game in Anaheim in particular where he was DHing and, and he looked great, picked up a few hits, he picked up a home run. Uh, so I think that, yeah, getting Winker in the DH spot and Haggerty out and left, that definitely gives you your best three-man outfield of, of Sam Haggerty in left field, Julio in center, Mitch in right. I think the a team that is kind of tailored to win like the Mariners are, which you and I have talked about it, pitching and defense, you, you can't have a kind of a weak link out there like they've had in left field a lot of the time with Jesse Winker. We've just seen too many extra bases that result in runs in in certain situations with him out there. So, and, and Haggerty just adds a different element to your lineup at the bottom because he's got that speed. And if you're talking about hitting that guy eight or nine and turning it over for Julio and France and Mitch Haniger, I mean, if if you're an opposing pitcher, you don't want that guy on first base looking to steal when you're trying to focus on three just really good slugging right-handed hitters. He is Brandon Gustafson of SeattleSports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at TheBGustafson. Brandon, a mainstay on Extra Innings, and I'm sure we'll speak again at some point before the season (laughs) ends. Brandon, really appreciate you joining us here on this Monday night. Yeah, you bet, Curtis. No problem. Just around the other side on Extra Innings, Jason Churchill of Prospect Insider. He joined Bump and Stacy earlier today on Seattle Sports Station and had plenty to say about this Mariners team, including is J.P. Crawford the future of the Mariners at the shortstop position? We take a listen to what he had to say. Coming up next, Curtis Rogers with you here on Seattle Sports Station and the Mariners Radio Network. You're listening to Extra Innings, Inside the Mariners, on the home of the Mariners, Seattle Sports Station. A lot of illustrious guests coming your way over the next hour and a half here on Extra Innings. In 30 minutes, we've got Mike Curdo, voice of the Tacoma Rainiers. He joins me. And then also an hour from now at 8.30, Gary Hill of the Mariners Radio Network. He's going to stop by, too. Still plenty of excellent baseball conversation coming your way here on Extra Innings over the course. We're with you until, what, 9 p.m. here on Seattle Sports Station, the Mariners Radio Network. You have got plenty to listen to. Also, if you miss any portion of 
of tonight's show. Make sure you're downloading the podcast at seattlesports.com. Download every hour of every show, but specifically Extra Innings right there. You can also download it on the Seattle Sports app, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you've got Google Play, Spotify, wherever it is that you are downloading your podcasts, you can find us there too. But Jason Churchill of Prospect Insider, he joined Bump and Stacy today, and he's a guy with answers. Got to know, what's up with Ty France? And J.P. Crawford, another guy. What's up with him? His production has slipped mightily this season, especially with the bat. How did those two guys get back on track? And also, what do the Mariners do at shortstop heading into this offseason? You've got J.P. Crawford signed to a five-year extension, but is he the future of that spot? Jason Churchill with answers with Bump and Stacy. Yeah, that's really tough. Uh, this has come up a lot. I, I get this question like the last week or so. If France is struggling, and mm-hmm. I love this because we love Ty France and we know he's a good hitter. If Ty France is struggling, he must be hurt because there's no other explanation for it. And while I get that, and, and it's very possible, plausible that he's hurt and he's just out of whack because something is going on with the wrist or something else, but I don't see any evidence that he's hurt. You know, there are at-bats where he hits the ball hard. There are at-bats where, Mm -hmm. you know, even though the the results aren't there, he hits hits that, you know, the hard line drive fly ball to left field. I believe that was Saturday. Um, Like, if you're hurt, can you do it at all, or can you just do it, like, once out of every 10 at-bats? Like, I I don't buy that. So, I'm not saying he's not hurt. There's not some level, like, he's not 100%. Maybe he's 85 or 90%, but that's really hard for, you know, an observer like us as we're watching these games on TV, or even if we're at the ballpark and I was on Saturday to, to tell whether he's hurt or not. He's not limping around. He's not favoring the wrist. He's not wincing at the plate, at least that I have seen. So I really don't know. So unless the team or Ty comes out and says, yeah, you know, I'm kind of dealing with something. I'm just going to roll with, Hey, he's just in a slump right now. And even good hitters, you know, go into slumps. Ty France guys had me on Sunday looking into Edgar, I was using uh, the play index at baseball reference to find the worst stretches of Edgar Martinez's career. And you can imagine the rabbit hole that sent me down with a guy like Edgar Martinez. It was hard to find slumps, but you know what I did? We're talking about a hall of famer who got to the hall of fame really solely on what he did in that batter's box at the plate with his bat. And he had stretches where he went five for 57 and three for 39. Mm. So you know, maybe we should just afford Ty France. And he could be hurt. That absolutely could be part of this situation. But, you know, he's in a slump right now. And at last, what was he, five for 44 with no extra base hits, you know, over the last couple of weeks. That even happens to Hall of Famer. So maybe it's yeah. just, maybe he's just struggling not seeing the ball well and swing out of whack and things of that nature. We're keeping a close eye on the, the wild card race. And uh, it's pretty tight. What is a, a good... 40 game stretch look like for these Mariners and what do you think it'll take to, to make sure that they do make these, these playoffs? Yeah, I think they're going to need at least 87 wins. I think those other teams are playing pretty good baseball right now. Tampa's playing pretty well. Toronto's playing pretty well. And I think you guys mentioned in the last segment, uh, the Yankees aren't helping right now and, and you can't really, you know, count on the Yankees helping, but you can probably count on the Rays and the, the Orioles and the Jays beating each other up a little bit but Seattle has to go 40 games. Yeah. It, whatever it takes to get to 87, 88, 89 wins. I think it's minimum 87, but I think, I still think they can get to 90. You know, it, they have those games. What is it? 11, 70, it's 20 games against really bad teams, including seven against Detroit. Those 15 games though, against Cleveland, Atlanta, San Diego, and the white Sox 
are key, not just in terms of getting to the playoffs, their path to, to clinching a spot, but it might determine the seed. And that seed, and we're getting a little greedy here, getting in is job one, and that's the most important thing. But you really do not want that number two seed. If you are that number two wildcard seed, you will go to Tampa or Toronto. You'd rather go to Minnesota or Cleveland right now. You do not want to play Tampa in a short series. You do not want to have to go to Toronto and play Kevin Gossman and, and Manoa and Barrios with that offense in that ballpark where you're not getting any home games. You don't want that. You'd rather go to Minnesota or Cleveland. So you either want to be one or you want to be three. And not that you're going to play to lose, but if you can't get that one, you want that third spot. So those games against you know the Braves and Cleveland especially are going to play uh, you know pretty big for the Mariners coming down the stretch. Like if they go seven, eight, or eight and seven in those fifteen games, is that enough? Can they go out and 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 win thirteen or fourteen of those games against the bad teams? So I think those games end up being the key, not just those games against the Angels and the Tigers and the Royals going down the stretch. So. We're going to find out because that's coming up here the next two weeks. Hey, Jason, uh, what could you see from this Mariners team, assuming you see it consistently over the last uh, kind of month and a half here, that would make you feel better about that number two wildcard spot? Yeah, I, I, I want to see them win games with the offense. I want to see you know more games like Friday where they go out and completely outclass teams and the offense is a big part of it. I'm not saying they need to score nine, ten runs, but I want to see more games where they win six to three, seven to four, eight to five, eight to two. More games where the offense scores five plus runs. I think it's imperative. They're about as healthy as they're going to get right now, and we're not seeing enough of that right now. So maybe it's just a stretch. It happens. It's a long season. But Mitch is back, and he's sitting, and he's locked in. They need to get Ty France right. Julio's doing his thing. The lineup's a little bit longer. They just need to get clicking. And I want, I want to see more of those games, especially against the A's and the Rangers and teams that don't pitch well, because if you can't do it against them, are you going to do it against Cleveland or the White Sox or the Braves or the Padres? And in the postseason against Toronto or Tampa, we're just going to throw out like 13 pitchers a game against you and throw a high leverage reliever basically every inning and play matchup. Yeah, I, I want to see this offense kind of take off a little bit. That will give me more confidence, not only that they'll get into the postseason, but they, they, they can do damage once they get there. Because who wants a two and out or, you know, you're in the wild card series and out? That would be very disappointing. I think they can get going. I think this team is good enough to not just get into the playoffs, but actually win that first series. The matchup will, you know, determine that, I think. But I want to see that offense. I want to see Julio and Crawford get going. I want to see Frazier you know, stay consistent. I want to see the bottom of that. Or Crawford might be the key to all this, guys. He's really, 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 really struggling right now. Struggling to find the barrel, struggling to hit the ball hard, struggling to find consistency. And it's painful to watch right now. I've been looking away. I'm not even kidding you. I've been looking away at games on television when I'm watching this team, when JP Crawford comes to play. It is painful. It hurts me physically to watch him hit right now. But we're we're trying to find the the right combination when it comes to this lineup. As guys get healthy, service has to move guys around. A fan favorite, Sam Haggerty, has been in and out the lineup. He's a utility guy. Um, do you feel like he should be getting more playing time? Do you like the the role they have him in right now? What do you see going forward with him? I'm actually kind of on both sides of this. I want to see him a little more. I, I don't want to see him every day. I think that. That is asking a player to be an everyday player, and he's never been that before at the major league level. So you, you tend to overexpose players like that. 
but I would like to see him a little bit more. I thought in that Oakland series, there were more opportunities to get Haggerty on the field and get him at bats. Even I mean, we don't think of him as a big hitter, but he's actually swung the bat really well. So get him in that lineup. I, you know, there are lots of opportunities to, uh, you know, to put him in there for Winker halfway through the game. I think Winker's another problem spot, you know, in this lineup, right? There's just no consistency and they're batting Winker, you know, third or fourth, depending on the starting pitching matchup. And they're batting Crawford sixth, uh, and, and sometimes even fifth. I mean, that's a problem for me. And I understand what Scott Service and the staff is trying to do, but at some point, your best hitters just have to hit one through five, and neither one of those guys are one of their top five hitters right now. So uh, getting Haggerty in there to, to kind of help the bottom of that order you know, certainly could help, and he's a pretty decent switch hitter. Yeah, I'd like to see him a little bit more. Maybe, maybe at least one extra start a week than he's getting right now would probably be where I went, but I'm not sure who you take the bats away from. I'm not sure how plausible it is to bench Winker. I'm not sure how plausible it is to bench Frazier right now. He's actually swinging the ball, uh, the bat pretty well. I'm not sure how plausible it is to, to sit Crawford and, and do something else at shortstop. So I'm not sure exactly where the at-bats come from. But when we're talking about getting him more at-bats and not necessarily more starts, I think there are lots of opportunities. Midway through a game and you're up 4-2, to two, you have Winker in left field, you have Hanniger in right there's an opportunity to get an offensive player off the field when you have a lead and put a better player out there. That's more likely to help you manufacture a run and save a run than those other two players in Winker right now might actually be the key to all this. Hey, you said something that got quite a bit of tra- uh, traction on Twitter, by the way, at prospect insider, make sure you are following Jason. Um, you said if the Mariners are serious about winning the commitment to JP at shortstop has to disappear this winter. What prompted you to say that? Yeah, he hasn't earned that. I mean, how good of a player is J.P. Crawford? I understand he's got the $50 million contract, but he's not so good defensively. And he's actually regressed a little bit defensively from last year and the year before this season. And maybe that's just a blip and he is that 60-grade shortstop, but he hasn't hit enough. He hasn't earned the right to kind of stagnate the Mariners' build here. And that means if you have to move him to second base to lure a Trey Turner, a Dansby Swanson, a Carlos Correa, a Xander Bogarts, you absolutely do it. Uh, J.P. Crawford's just not good enough to say, hey, we don't need Xander Bogarts because that shortstop spot, and when you look at what's available this offseason to improve that offense, to improve that roster and that lineup, the shortstop, the free agent shortstops is the clearest path to get there. Uh, imagine adding Xander Bogarts to your lineup right now, like game changer, right? Like all of a sudden you're like, now I'm not afraid to go into Tampa. Now I'm not afraid to go into Toronto because we can go toe to toe with them, not just on the mound and in the field, but at the plate, they're missing that right now. And and I'm thinking about next year's team with Mitch Hanniger as well. He's a free agent. I'm thinking about them either bringing in somebody that's a lot like Mitch Hanniger or just bringing back Mitch Hanniger and adding one of those big name shortstops. And I'm not saying they're definitely going to go out and be able to get one of those guys, but when you come out publicly and, or even privately for that matter, but we won't know about it if it's just private and you say JP Crawford is our shortstop. You're telling those free agent shortstops, just like this past off season. If you come here, you are not playing your position. You're going to have to change positions. JP Crawford has not earned that. In my opinion, JP Crawford has not earned that right now. Now I understand why they did it last year. I just don't think they can do it again. This team is ready to win. You don't shoot yourself in the foot in terms of player acquisition for impact players like that. We're talking about all-stars, borderline superstars, and Turner and Correa and Xander Bogarts. And Danby Swanson is an all-star. You can't basically just tell them we're not interested in you 
because that's ultimately what you're doing. I mean, it hurt them this past this past uh, off season with guys like Story and and Correa and, and guys like that. You just can't do it again. This team's ready to win. They need to start acting like it. Just around the other side on extra innings, we take a listen to a conversation Sheen and Dreyer had with one of the weekend's best performers, Eugenio Suarez. He had two home runs on Friday night, had the game-tying single on Saturday night. What has been his key to this offensive production as of late? And also, how much fun is he having in the thick of this American League wildcard race? He tells Shannon Dreyer next. You're on Extra Innings on the Mariners Radio Network and Seattle Sports Station. You're listening to Extra Innings inside the Mariners on the home of the Mariners, Seattle Sports Station. The 2-1. Swinging a rifle shot to center. Blasted deep. Back on the warning track. Gone. It disappears. How about another for A. Eugenio Suarez tonight in Oakland? First, it was a two-run blast, and now a three-run tater to straightaway center field. Suarez blows it open in the sixth inning. He is tacked on a three-spot. It's now 6-2 Mariners. Eugenio Suarez, one of the heroes of this Mariners road trip, had the huge two-home run game on Friday night. He had the game-tying single on Saturday night. Unfortunately, the Mariners couldn't come away with the victory in that one. And, I mean, you look at what Suarez has given to this Mariners ball club here in 2022. He has been such a steadying presence at third base, a position that was very much in flux even into spring training before the Mariners made that trade that acquired Suarez and Jesse Winker from the Cincinnati Reds. It has kind of turned into the Eugenio Suarez trade as he has given the Mariners tremendous value for what he brings to the table. I mean, you look at his baseball reference war this season, 3.3. Obviously, he's doing it with the power bat, 22 home runs, leading the ball club right now, 69 RBIs, a very nice total, 62 walks, an on-base percentage of 331, an OPS of 766 out of that third base spot. But it just feels like right now the Mariners not only have their third baseman for 2022, but also for next year and the year after that. And yeah, he does strike out a ton. He's already got 163 strikeouts on the season, but you kind of knew that going into the Eugenio Suarez experiment. I mean, even the year where he set a career high in home runs with 49 back in 2019 as a 27-year-old, he led the National League in strikeouts with 189. So he's very much one of those three true outcome players or or a guy that has definitely uh, latched on to the launch angle craze. And look, it's worked out for him. It's paid out handsomely for him. It's paid out handsomely for the Mariners. And uh, I just wonder where the Mariners would be without him. And you don't want to take your mind to that place because he has been so valuable for this Mariners ball club. Shannon Dreyer, our Mariners insider, sat down with Eugenio prior to one of this last weekend's games and talked about his season here in Seattle, getting a fresh start after a couple of rough years in Cincinnati, what it's been like to join this Mariners ball club in the thick of a wild card race and just what it has meant to him to be able to play some competitive baseball at this point in his career. It's very good, you know, when you got somebody like like a older starting got something good in the game. Like yesterday, everybody got a hit. Um, make you feel better, make you feel so happy and so proud because the hard work we've been doing every day is uh, come through the game. And uh, we got a really good success last night and uh, – um, to me, it's like <clears throat> feel great, you know. And uh, like I say, it's proud of the team, proud of everybody. Come here, everybody got that, that 
uh, little thing to do in the game and uh, feel feel very good to see everybody got a hit. It's one thing to get all of your players back and to get your lineup, but it's another thing for everybody to, as you say, kind of do the little things and do the right things. How has that come across in your time that you have been here? The, the working hard, the working hard. We all working together. We all keep the the energy together. We came, we got every every uh, everything we win. We got to meet and like we got to keep doing it. What we've been doing it and. Uh, and I put it together, come here and put it together in the game. And uh, everybody has to set, even the pitcher, bullpen did a really good job. The starting pitcher being a great job. And uh, the offense is very nice. And we got that comfort that uh, we can win games. And, and just we just put in the game, in the game together. And I uh, see um, everybody got a, a really good at bats. They, they never give up. They, they always batter that at bat. And, uh, that's why I think we got a really good success. Last night, of course, it's fun to see the home runs, but I'm really interested in how you think through these at-bats because I've heard some opposing pitchers talk about that you think it through, and if they make a mistake, you kind of know where they're going. It's like, you know, when when they make you out with one piece, they, they, they come in with that, with that every time. And uh, my first at-bat, uh, I, he has dragged me out with, with fastball. And then he make a mistake with a breaking ball. I hit a homer. And my next about, I'm making my adjustment on the fastball because I knew he coming with the fastball. He, he, he got to set with the fastball. But I tell my my myself like, don't let him beat you with the fastball. Be ready for the fastball. And he missed that one right there in the middle. And I and I was available to hit it depth center field and uh, hit the homer. So. Like I just said, this game is, is about adjustments. And, uh, and uh, the, the quick you make your adjustment, the quick you got a success. So that's what I try to do every time. Nothing to do to hit a homer, just make my adjustment and don't don't let beat me with the fastball. You were talking last night about uh, being comfortable and not trying to do too much. How do you guard? Everybody wants to be the hero. You said, I'm the big, strong guy. I'm the one that's going to do it. Right. How do you guard against uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I know I know, I got power. I know I can hit a homer. I, I know I can do uh, hit a homers. And uh, I just never tried and do it in my about. I never say I'm going to hit a homer today. I'm not going to hit a, a homer right now. I just... You know, like I told you, be comfortable. I feel my comfort. I know I got a, a, a power, and I just try to make my bat instruments. You know, I just walk in and my bat, like not strike out, put a ball in play, hit a homer. I mean, hit a homer is not my goal. Just, you know, not, uh, uh, put a ball in play and see after I hit it, after I touch it, see what is the uh, ball going. And I don't try to be hero. I just try to enjoy the game and, uh, you know, be myself and, Every time, just batter my bat, and, and after, just see the results. And yesterday was really nice for me. You know, I got two homers and five RBIs, which is great for me. Is there anything that the Mariners as an organization do differently that has helped you this year? Oh, yeah, they give me the comforts. They, they give me the comfort. They play me every day. And... Uh, when you when you when you play every day, you 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 get a chance to do something great for you. And I make my adjustment, working hard, and uh, difference uh, uh, feel uh, feel hurt me a lot. You know, uh, Perry Hill, uh, he helped me a lot. Mister, uh, the coaches, they go, they all give me the 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 comforts, the the feel great over here. It changed my mind, you know, because sometimes when you come with a new 
new team, you always think you got to do something for the team. No, they do everything for me, and uh, they put me in the good spot, and I just enjoy it in the game. I be the, the, the sign the first day I get here. The, they they give me that opportunity to be part of the team, and uh, I feel so happy, and uh, just, you know, I just like to come in uh, and, and put in my uniform home and, and enjoy the game with the Seattle Mariners. So that's that helped me a lot. One of the things I noticed about you, you got great balance. You, you uh, do you put it away away from the field? I mean, I, 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 yes, yes. I, I mean, I, on the field is baseball. Off the field is just my life. I'm different. I keep doing my, uh, my things and my, I keep everything in balance. You know, the game. Uh, and the fields is is uh, different than the home, so but I keep it that in balance. And on the field, you've got we found out last night primals. This is the first. <laughs> I'm, 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 should I be afraid? That's me. That's me. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I found that from Instagram, and uh, the guy is is, is a big, big, yeah. huge guy, and uh, <laughs> you know, I keep that energy to all those these guys and the thing until tell them we are the primals we do a really good job of keeping that 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 energy and now everybody got it so that's feel great too so we got good vibes and primals and that's the ideal mix that's it yes that's it yeah it's always a pleasure thank you thank you you very much that was eugenio suarez say the grand opening date for hatback bar and grill in steelhead's alley the new soto restaurant and tap room Opening across the street from T-Mobile Park. Guess when that opens? It opens to the public tomorrow at 4 p.m. August 23rd with an official grand opening celebration. The community is invited to that grand opening of Hatback and Steelheads Alley and will have the first chance to try the restaurant's new elevated menu of American pub classics such as burgers, pizza, and wings, as well as Pacific Northwest favorites, including oysters and steamed mussels. You've got your selection of local craft breweries. You've got it all at these two places. Those attending the celebration will have an opportunity to win free hatback, Steelheads Alley, and Mariners branded gear, gift certificates, and a VIP game day viewing experience for eight people. That is tomorrow at 4 p.m. right across the street from T-Mobile Park. It's You can see it from the home plate entrance. You can see it from the left field entrance, the third baseline where the Mariners team store is. It is right across the street from that side of the stadium. So if you're heading down to the ballpark tomorrow, make sure you're stopping by Hatback Bar and Grill and Steelheads Alley, two brand new restaurants that you're definitely going to want to check out. Maybe even stick around, catch a few uh you know, maybe even stick around, catch a game or two. You don't even have to have a ticket to get in the ballpark to get into these two places. So make sure that you are heading down there and checking those out tomorrow. When we return here on Extra Innings, we have got a really fun guest coming up, Mike Curdo, voice of the Tacoma Rainiers. We're going to check in on how the Rainiers are doing, how a lot of familiar faces from this Mariners roster are faring with Tacoma. That's all coming your way next. Curtis Rogers with you for another hour here on Extra Innings on Seattle Sports Station and the Mariners Radio Network.